Heyo! Welcome to the Hundred Dollar MBA Show, where you learn how to avoid businesses' pitfalls like your Indiana Jones. But watch out for that big round boulder we call self-doubt. It's gonna come and get you. But you got our daily ten-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of the Hundred Dollar MBA, a complete business training and community online. And today, you will learn about starting and running a software business. A software business has a different business model and different challenges than other businesses. If you're thinking about selling software, big or small, then listen up because we're about to get down to business. Before I get into the details of starting and running a software business, I want to first say that software doesn't need to be this grand thing. It doesn't need to be you're selling you know, a big program like Adobe or something, Adobe Photoshop or something like that. It could be something very simple, something that solves a problem. A friend of mine is about to launch a software product that's very, very small. It's a simple solution that provides a countdown timer inside an email message. We're talking about 50, 60 lines of code, something very, very small. And he's selling it for a low price, but it's fulfilling a need that people have. This is a very simple version of a software business. He's selling a piece of software or a piece of code so other people can use it. Now, with any software business that you're going to start, if you're selling a WordPress plugin, you're selling a whole complete uh, software product that people install on their computer, or a SaaS product, which is S-A-A-S, which is software as a service. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But whatever you choose, every software business has three essential parts. The first part is development. The second is marketing. And the third is service. I'm going to go into detail of those three things. But just in case you're wondering, Nicole and I have launched a piece of software before, and we actually are launching a very large software product in a couple of months. I'm going to have a separate episode that talks about that experience, but I wanted to let you know that we do have experience in this, and this is where I'm getting this information from, from my own experience. All right, so the first stage is development. Now, before you launch a piece of software, you're going to need to develop the software. You actually have to get it coded. Now, if you're not an IT person or a coder yourself or a developer yourself, it's okay. You can hire somebody to do it. And this is a very critical step in the process of your software business. You need to find somebody that really can work with you well. There's a lot of great developers out there, a lot of people that can code software very well. You can find somebody locally in your country or abroad. But the critical element that you need as a business owner is somebody who has good communication skills, somebody that can communicate with you and understand what you want. That's a big deal. And you need to make sure that when you're hiring a developer that their communication skills are up to snuff. You got to make sure that they understand your instructions, they understand what's going on, they understand the big picture, they understand when you give them feedback what you mean so they don't work on something and they say, well, I thought this is what you meant. Oh, no. You worked for three weeks on something that is not what I meant at all. You misunderstood me. So this needs to be also verbal communication as well as written communication. Because often you're going to go back and forth on email or on chat on on, uh, on Google Chat or Skype or something like that. And they need to completely comprehend what's going on. This goes for native speakers. I'm not talking about people that are abroad in India or Philippines or whatever like that. I'm actually talking about people that actually are native English speakers. Some people just have poor communication skills. They say, yeah, yeah, I got it. And they don't really got it. They don't really understand what's going on. So make sure the person you're hiring understands you really value high communication skills and they have those skills. Your developer, your software developer is like the chef in your fancy restaurant. 
The customers are coming for the ambience, they're coming for the experience, but they're also coming for the great food. So you need to make sure that the person is producing great food as well as understands the importance of their role. A lot of entrepreneurs have a problem with this because they feel like the developer has a certain amount of power. This is just something you have to come to terms with and you need to make sure that they feel valued as a member of your team. That's why I recommend if you're gonna hire a developer for a software project, make sure it's something that's long-term. When I say long-term, at least six months to a year. Make it worth their while because even if they develop the software in a month, if it's a small piece of software and they can do it in a month, you're still gonna need them for updates, you can still need them for customer support, maybe some questions that people have that you don't know how to answer. And you could still have them on retainer, you could still pay them an hourly rate, or maybe you can give them a monthly salary depending on how large your project is. So hiring a developer is very important. You can find good developers, part-time, full-time, you know, freelancers on sites like freelance.com, Odesk, onlinejobs.ph. Uh, online jobs is really more of a full-time gig people that want to have a long-term relationship. So take a look at online jobs if you're looking for a long-term employee for your software business. The second thing is marketing. You still have to market this piece of software to your audience. You gotta make sure that you're selling this piece of software. And marketing is a huge, huge challenge for a lot of people when they're selling software. A lot of the challenge is, is that you're selling the software and not the solution. If you're selling software, you're not really selling the actual piece of software with its functions and its features. You're really selling what it's going to do for the customer, the solution, how it's gonna make their life easier. So for example, one of my coaching students, Michelle, has an app, a piece of software, that's called Manage My Fatigue. This app helps people with brain injuries manage their fatigue. Now Michelle knows that the app does all these great things, but she needs to sell the solution to this app. So basically she's going to sell to the people that would need this app how this would help their life, how it improve their life, how it help them feel better about themselves physically. So Michelle knows that she's really selling the solution. She's really selling how this app will improve their life. So she's really gonna focus on that more than the actual features of the app. Because you have to sell the person on the idea that they need this solution before you actually sell the solution, if that makes any sense. So that's what marketing is all about when it comes to software. You need to be able to point out why this software will help them out. You have to point out the value that you're offering and you have to leverage that value with your price. So it seems like a no-brainer idea. Like, wow, this is a no-brainer. This is a great price for what it's gonna do for me. The third thing is service. Now, a lot of people don't recognize this, but software businesses, businesses that sell software, it's really a service-based business. Because once you've developed the software, it's all about serving your customers. It's all about how you're gonna support them. Because people are gonna have questions, people are gonna ask, how do I install this, how do I manage this, where's this feature, does it do this, does it do that, is it compatible with this device? So you're gonna get lots and lots of user questions. And you can help your users with some great tutorial videos, with a FAQ page, but at the end of the day, you're gonna to need to be able to serve them with some customer service ticket system, email system, and that's where a lot of the work is gonna come in later on. Because once you sell the software, it's not like the, your job is done. It's not like you're selling a hamburger, right? Once they've, they're gonna use the software day in and day out, they have questions about it. And it's your job to be of service. And the level of service that you provide will dictate how happy they are with the purchase, with their actual software. Because if they feel like it's easy to use the software, they're gonna recommend it to other people, they're gonna buy other pieces of software from you. And of course, they're not gonna return the software. 
So have a plan in place to see how you're gonna resolve all these service-based questions. From experience, I highly recommend you hire somebody, even if it's just part-time, to be able to answer these tickets for you, to answer these customer service issues. Because you're gonna see, as your software grows, you're gonna get more and more emails, a lot more support tickets, a lot more questions. Some of these are pre-sale questions, like you know they have questions about it before they buy. And if you're gonna be handling emails and support tickets all day long, then you're not really running a business. You're a customer service person, so you really need to see if you can find somebody that you can train to do that job for you so you can have a clear mind. Of course, if you need to handle something, if it gets escalated to your level, you can handle it personally. But those are the three main areas you're gonna to need to focus on if you're gonna start and run a software business. Development, marketing, and service. I promise you guys that I'm gonna have a dedicated episode to talk about the software we've developed in the past and the one that we're launching very, very soon in two months or so. And it will be a detailed account of the development as well as how we launched it and how we marketed it. But to be quite honest with you, at this point, I can't talk about it, but I promise you guys will be the first to know. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The $100 MBA Show. We really, really appreciate all your ratings, your reviews. If you'd love to show us some love, if you appreciate the show, if you love listening to it, take two minutes after listening to the show and drop us an iTunes rating and review. It really helps us gain a lot of visibility on iTunes and help other business builders just like you. You can learn how to give us an iTunes rating and review at 100mba.net slash show. And don't forget, everybody who leaves us an iTunes rating and review enters our draw on Friday to win a free ride to the $100 MBA training and community. It's our way to give back and say thank you for listening to our show. All right, guys, I want to leave you with this. Selling a piece of software, no matter how big or small, can tend to be a large project with a lot of moving pieces. You're managing a lot of different things. And this is just a personal recommendation. I do not recommend people selling a piece of software as their first business. Just because there are so many things you have to do and for doing them the first time, there's, it's going to be quite challenging. Not that it's a bad idea because you're not going to do well. You might do great, but it's going to be quite overwhelming because there's so much you have to do in a software business that you normally would have to do in a smaller product like an ebook or a training program. You're managing many people and facets of the business. I'm not completely discouraging you to do it if it's your first business, but in my experience, it is quite overwhelming, even for somebody who is experienced. If you're going to do it, whether it's your first business or not, I do recommend you build a team around this business. So it's not just you. You need to be able to manage it with other people. All right, guys, I hope this episode was useful. I can't wait to catch you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>